Our podcast might contain some strong language. Welcome to the Red Carpet Treatment with me, Jordan Stevens, brought to you by the Brits with MasterCard. And I've got two dogs with me, Spike and Mimi. On the podcast today is James Arthur. He is a singer-songwriter who won the ninth series of X Factor in 2012. I mean, his debut single, uh, a cover of Chantel's Impossible, debuted at number one in the UK, and it is the biggest X Factor winning single ever. He has like a ridiculous amount of plays on his Spotify, something like 36 million monthly listeners. He is massive. He's got these ardent fans who have stuck with him through the tough times and through the good times. He does talk a little bit on the podcast about the the darker moments in his career and his own battle with mental health, which is, I think, really important. And that's one of the reasons I have known him throughout the years. Um, I actually lived on the corner from him when I was younger. So yeah, we go back. So I'm gonna chat to him today. He's gonna give some light and some dark. James Arthur. What's that smell? Well, it's the smell of chart success. Today, my guest knows how to make a smash hit track. It's James Arthur. They, they don't have to cheer. They oh, don't cheer all the time. I was like, does that- You some, were waiting for the cheer. There's a lot of people in here, not one of them clapped. I thought, yeah, no, like, because that's the vibe. Oh, okay. Well, you have to celebrate everything. Okay, sweet. I mean, you have a lot to celebrate, mm. but it's not always clapping, is it? No. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it's awkward silence. Sometimes. Has anyone ever called you Jimmy Jim Jim? Not until just now, no. Okay, cool. Are you thinking about calling me that? I just wanted to like gauge where we could go with it. Yeah, you can call me that if you, you want. You can call me Jay Dog if you want. Jay, Jay Steezy. I probably won't. Have you ever had any other like alternate names? I, I rename myself all the time. Actually, I'm known by my friends back home as, as Raf, weirdly. <laughs> yeah, I know it's an odd thing. But my mum remarried when I was younger and his surname was Rafferty. And we, we moved to the Middle East for like a couple of years. Bahrain? Yeah, you have to um, take on the the husband's surname at the school and stuff. So I got the nickname Raf. And then when I came back to England, went to like a, a school up north, I was like, just call me Raf. And then that stuck, yeah. And then Raf. Just a, just a different, just, just another no, Nobody name. up north calls me James, yeah. Do you wish that his last name was something more exciting than Raf? Yeah. It was, like, was Rafferty, so it kind it's, a, of, it's a cool name. It sort of fit name. me because I was a bit of a, I was always into trouble and, you know. You're a Raffian. Just, it sort of, yeah, it sort of. It's got something. It's got a bit more kick to it. I also thought that would be my rapper name as well. But like in capitals, like R A F. R A F or double F. It was yeah. Double F. Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, I can see that as a rap name. None of this riff raff. Exactly. Am I right? That sort of fit the brand, if you like. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Now I heard when you were coming on the podcast, I had to do some research. I definitely did all this research. Did you really? Yes. And the first thing I did was type in James Arthur Brits. Yeah. And the first thing that came up was a headline. I'm a bit troubled by this because this is, of course, the Brits podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. don't be not, you know. Um, it just, it freaked me out. You're a company man. I'm a company man. Got you. The headline was, James Arthur wants to cause havoc at the Brits. What the? Yeah. James, what kind of havoc are you trying to cause? I got briefed about this. They said like, we heard you wanted to cause havoc. I don't remember really what this is in reference to. to fake be news. Yeah, it's, it's probably fake news. There is a lot know. of that out there pertaining to me. <laughs> What did I just say? I'm going to cause havoc at the Brits. Was that it? Yeah, someone said it. Oh, did it? Oh, yeah. Oh, so it must be true. Yeah, it was, um, I guess, an uh, undisclosed source. <laughs> someone heard you saying something one right. time. So Okay, so this is crazy because then my follow-up questions are invalid because you don't even want to cause havoc. Maybe I do. I don't know. I always thought like if I ever I won an award, because it's about time that they gave me one. Right. I, <laughs> Preach. I'd be like, about time. And like, About time. Drop the mic. Drop but, it. But actually, I'd probably be really nice and thank everyone that's ever. You think you're going to get up there and say something profound and like, you don't. You end up just crumbling and being like, 
thanks mum and that sort of stuff. That's fair though. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. people got to thank their mums. Exactly. That's it's important to. Do that's that. not havoc. No. If I won an award, I would have these trousers made. Okay. That like when I'm behind the podium. Yeah. Whoosh, gone. I'll go up in a suit. Yeah. And then I would obviously walk off backstage. So I'd be like, you know, I want to thank my mum, yeah. my dad, yeah. my dogs, girlfriend. Girlfriend before the dogs. Of course, girlfriend. And like, you know, I want to thank, you know, the streets that made me. Yeah. And then when I walk off, <laughs> naked from the bottom down. Indecent exposure. Is it? It's only my bottom. So you're saying, oh, you, okay. I'll what? be walking off. Oh, Never that's fine. Oh, no, no. I walk forwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get you right. Yeah, so you, yeah. That's yeah. kind of havoc though, right? People that are is, going, what? Why, that is where do the trousers go? That is havoc. Or I would just like learn, I'd spend months and months learning a magic trick. Right. Like no one's ever done that. Who's right. ever gone and got a Brit Award and then gone, whoosh, gone? That would be unbelievable. That's blown my mind. Do you know what this. I mean? Yeah. Like if Dynamo won a Brit Award, Why do you think no he's going to go up and just pick it up? You'd have thought someone had done that over the years. Someone. Someone. Like just, just even even a basic card trick. Yeah. yeah. Or a trainer's a ventriloquist. <laughs> Oh God, uh, that's the kind of havoc I'm talking about, James. Yeah, well, that would make serious waves in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Interrupting is the biggest waves, really. Isn't yeah, it? Dis disrupting. Disrupting yeah. someone else. Yeah, someone yeah. else talk. Yeah, I do something like that, or just yeah. have like a big <clears throat> family fortunes buzzer and just play it super loud. Surely, there's people here that could sort of get you. Yeah. Well, I know I'm going. That's the hilarious part of this is I'm. Uh, they, got, oh. they got to take me to the Brits. Right. So right. this is a pre-warning, if anything. This is like a foreshadowing, especially okay. with a family <laughs> fortune. Especially with a family fortunes buzzer. When you hear someone come up for best new artist and they go, uh, <sighs> and I'm just, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah. havoc. That is havoc. You know, yeah. I actually did that once when I was a kid at my local pound shop. They had a family fortunes buzzer, so I bought it and I went into a science lesson with a teacher called Mr. Het. Yeah. But I didn't like him because he was from the West Country, but he put on a posh accent. It was bizarre. Right. And every now and again, he would slip. He'd go flowers and we'd be like, well, why don't you just be West Country? Like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like really heavy on people. So I had this family fortunes buzzer. Mm. And then I go into his classroom, everyone's shouting, talking. He yeah. turns around and he goes, Isaac, be quiet. If I need to tell you one more time, I'll kick you out of this classroom. Do you understand? Mm. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> laughing, busting up, everyone's laughing. Turns around, Josh, get out. Josh is getting out, oh, I'm crying. And he goes, sir, it wasn't Josh, it was Jordan. Owen, get out. I'm cry crying, James, yeah, yeah. crying with laughter. Mm. He goes, Jordan, what do you find so funny? I was like, it's obviously me, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm the joker. And he went, oh, Jordan, get out. And he goes, Josh, Owen, it was a low frequency sound. I couldn't determine where it was coming from. Right. Science teacher. So, I mean, so he had to give the scientific Criminal reason. that he wasn't aware that it was you. I know. Insane. Do you get in trouble a lot at school? I was just annoying. That's that's genius though, to take to find a prop, take it into school. Just to, and also, this is important, right? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't do it with any teacher. He was annoying. Right, yeah. Right. You find him pretentious because of the accent. Yeah, and also like stop trying to discipline kids by telling them to shut up all the time. Yeah. Like, just... I actually did my due diligence on you a little bit. You didn't you don't agree with school at all, do you? Like I don't yeah. All right, Jimmy. Yeah, man. I like to do it. Yeah, come on. I don't I think school's a joke. Yeah. Did you get along with school? No, no, I, I found a place in school similar to you as like the class clown because right. at home wasn't really getting the, the attention I, I needed. So. My favorite tweet is, yeah. did you have a happy childhood or are you funny? Similar to you, I would, however I could get a laugh in the classroom was, I relate to that, definitely. But do you have any particularly self-deprecating moments that come to mind? I just used to get sent out all the time. Constantly, which, what yeah, does that suspended. help? How does that, how does that I help? I don't know, it didn't really, it didn't, yeah, it didn't really help because then I'd stand outside of the classroom and, and get a laugh from the window. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I'd, yes. find, I'd find a way to just sort of like get attention that way as well. Havoc. If I was going to cause havoc at the Brits, oh man. What would you, you've already caused a bit of havoc there, haven't you? Excuse me? 
I swear you've you've made waves at the Brit Awards before. Uh, this it's actually like worrying how many guests have mentioned that. Really, yeah, really <laughs> a little yeah. bit, a little bit. Little, yeah. yeah, I did used to drink a lot. Did you? Yeah, that was fun. But did you do anything controversial there? Ooh. <laughs> not like not not publicly, like, but you know the after parties, fantastic. You yeah, I dance with people at the after parties and yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you dance with anyone at an after party? Nicole Scherzinger, I danced with at a Brits after party. Yeah. Sorry, let me just. You sort of. I feel like I. Peaked, That's me panicking I, for the next. But I haven't. I didn't win anything, but you know that happened. So that Nicole Scherzinger, what you date her? No, no, no. We we had a dance. She was my mentor on X Factor. She was, of course. So she's a friend. No, she's a friend. I'm not trying to start any kind of. Like rumors about Nicole Scherzinger. Me. I watched her Architectural Digest recently. Cool house. Oh, she's got a cool house. You ever been there in, in La La Land? She moves a lot. I've been to one of her places, but not. Uh, she's got a new one now. What's she that. like? She's she's really chilled out. Actually, she's she's a very emotionally intelligent person. Yeah, she's been really supportive of me. I guess you know when you go on these things, you would think like these judges. A lot of them maybe they have a bond and then they go off and don't really keep in touch with some of the contestants that they work with. But Nicole is like kept the same energy for the last 10 years with me. So anytime I'm in LA or anytime she's in town, she makes an effort to like, you know, reach out to me and yeah, stuff. Yeah, for real. Yeah, she's cool. That's, that's wholesome. That, wholesome yeah. conversation about Nicole. Yeah. I'm referring to the notes here. Nicole shows me went to your local pub in Red Car. It was actually... Why? Yeah, it was X Factor. They do like a homecoming thing. And at the pub that I would like perform in pretty regularly, uh, that's where the whole thing was and she came into it and... Were they buzzing? I don't know. This isn't that interesting, I'll be honest. No, but are they buzzing though? Well, I'm interested. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, just because your producer was like, oh, talk about <laughs> Nicole coming. All, just, don't worry about the producer. Okay, yeah, I shouldn't do She's that. She's not even the producher. Do they have a picture of Nicole Scherzinger signed now hanging in the pub? Do, are they a fan of the pussycat Actually, dolls? Yeah, no, you know what I'm think, saying? no, I think they do have a, a picture of me and Nicole. What does she drink? Which means this is interesting. I what pint did she have? Does she have the dregs I of your pint? I mean, what's going on? Yeah, I think she had a Guinness, actually. Yeah. She had a Guinness and blackcurrant? She did, yeah. Did she get pissed? Yeah. <laughs> she, was making, she was making up a story. <laughs> I heard that Nicole Scherzinger went to the pub in Red Car, did a selfie, took a picture, she signed it, yeah. she finished the dregs of your Guinness and blackcurrant, and did the worms were chippy. Yeah, which broke the internet, actually. James, you are an X Factor OG. Yeah. It was 2012 when you won, which is, yeah, so we were around at the same time for we sure. Were, we were neighbours actually, weren't you remember that? My first flat there. In Kensal? Yeah, in Kensal, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I got put in a flat after I won X Factor. Yeah. Like everyone's going, oh, you know, Jordan lives around here. Yeah, right. He lives next door and I was like. Everyone. Genuinely, I got, look, because it was a Nando's, wasn't there, at the there top of the road. And I, every time I'd go in there, they'd be like, you know, Jordan's down there as well. And I'd be like. Using it for business. Yeah, right? man. So understand that. But we used to like have like little like two minute. We'd bump into each other in the supermarket, oh. and you'd be you'd always be lovely and like you know how are you blessed and all that. For real, yeah, man. My ethos in life is to is to treat people as I want to be treated. You're always a lovely lad. So yeah. I'm lovely to your face, mm. and then I chat shit behind your back. Yeah, I've, I've always found that weird about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never done that. No, no, you haven't. Right. No, I do remember that. 2012. All right, that was 11 years ago. So how does that feel now? The whole thing's bizarre to me. Yeah, because. I still grapple with the idea that that's the way that people know me, you know, because I, I, I was doing my thing a long time before that. And it just was, I was at the end of the road in terms of like, I lived in a little insignificant town in the Northeast. You know, if you want to get noticed or get anywhere in the music industry, I do feel like you have to be in London. And I couldn't even afford to get here. Get down there. So, Where were you in the Northeast? I was in a place called uh, Middlesbrough. 
So it's a pretty, it's almost like underfunded yeah, part of the country. It's pretty rough. It's, it's rough. Yeah. And every time like, I'd have people like on MySpace and that promise me the world, like we'll give you a record deal. But it always came down to money at the end of the day, which I didn't have any of. So I, Wait, they were asking you for money. That's the opposite of Yeah. Deal. Yeah. They would be like, James, can you give us a tenner? Like, and I'd be like, <laughs> That's an awful. This, this is never going to work. I'm going to have to do X Factor. Yeah, um, it was like they need you to come down making to a demo and stuff. There yeah, wasn't yeah, any, yeah. you know, I couldn't do I couldn't do that to a decent standard or make a video even, you know. Oh right. And um, well, like, you know, I could have made a video. You're doing rough demos, sticking them on MySpace, catching yeah, a vibe. It was, it was a lot of it was on my PC mic and stuff. But anyway, right. it was like, yeah, it was just one of them. Like I was in bands and all that kind of stuff. And so X Factor was kind of. Yeah, I was 23, my electricity went out in this bedsit and I had no lights on. I'd been sitting in the dark for a few days. Like I called my mum, she was always the last resort because I was too proud to ask my parents for, you know, for money or whatever. And I said like, can you borrow us a tenner? Because I've got no electricity. electricity. And uh, she was like, I will, but you've got to go and audition for the X Factor because they were doing this mobile audition thing where they were going around all the yeah, kind I remember. Of places you wouldn't normally visit, I suppose. And so I went down, I did an audition and then they kind of like fast tracked me to the TV bit. It happened really quickly. And because I was someone who was a bit like anti-establishment and like wanted to be Kurt Cobain, I wanted to be the front man of a rock band. Like for me to, in the aftermath of winning the X Factor and being like known as the X Factor winner, I wanted to do everything I could to sort of shake that tag in a way because I was like oh f this wasn't I wasn't expecting this if anything I, I, it was like a, a thing to showcase my skills to get a tenor off your mum to get a tenor it was all to get a tenor you know to so I could live but yeah, um, yeah man it just it all happened quickly so when you asked that question I was 23 yeah. so when you asked that question it's like you know how is it it's been like a, this mad thing of trying to navigate through coming from nothing to being in the public eye and fame wasn't something I really ever wanted there is a difference though between fame and success my mum always said that yeah and yeah. i think it's a lot for a sensitive soul do you know what i mean mm. and i am that I'm i am that too sensitive soul yeah. big softy it's a vicious game it's a violent world man it it's... is so right so you were you were, you felt but this is a fun podcast i was told before no, i came on deep. so yeah. yeah james we can get deep okay we can come out of the deep like that we can just jump we can out just roll in the deep you can just go Whoa. roll in and out of it yeah and then um, back to the jimmy artur exactly <laughs> Um, <laughs> 10 years friendship with Ryland last year yeah that's cool yeah no it's because along the way as you know people come and go mm. it's a shock shell shock yeah that's cool yeah anyone that I was that I shared that experience with I've stayed in touch with your song Impossible is the biggest selling X Factor winning song yeah they thought it was impossible but it was possible. It was possible. We made it possible. This brings me on to my next point. Your fans. You say that Impossible did numbers outside of the UK. Yeah. You do have an yeah. incredible fan base mm -hmm. that are stuck by you through thick and yeah. thin. Yeah. Through your perpetual love affair with social media, which goes off and on and up and down. And it does. Sometimes it, it's, it does. Sometimes you're there, sometimes you're not. Sometimes it's James Arthur's team. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's you. It's pretty much off these days. It's just off. Yeah. It's just your team. No, I mean, Instagram. I have a good relationship with Instagram. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Twitter not so it's much. It's just easy, isn't it? Because you just document what you're up to and then and then get off it. Yeah, Twitter is it? Is it called Twitter anymore? X. It's called X now. X. Sorry, guys. <laughs> like I explained to you earlier, when I was like going through my self-destructive thing after the X Factor, trying to figure all that out. You said some dumb shit. I said some really dumb shit. Yeah. But it was almost by my own design, really. I just like was I was trying to be brandalism. I call it. Yeah, I was trying to f things up. Really, it was, but it wasn't just my online persona in, in my life I was fully like imploding and not talking to my friends or my family I was just you know yeah I don't know why it just, I think it's probably because like I built this moment up for a long time and then it's you know everyone talks about how like 
when you get to the top of the mountain nothing there it's there's no there yeah just some goats and, and just a few goats just kicking about and um and i found that pretty lonely yeah. even though your mistakes on social media and some of the decisions were flawed you do have this fan base. Do you feel like this fan base has like doubled down on you because of that yeah. or because you pushed through it? Yeah, no, I think that's what it is. I think that maybe they've recognized there might be a bit of, we're not gonna champion this guy at all. I've definitely sensed, I think that I have to work a bit harder, you know, uh, to get that. Like but James, you're the 75th biggest artist on Spotify in the world. Yeah, well, this is the thing I've, I have with the UK a little bit is like, you know, obviously that's that is, that is unreal and that's spread, that's spread around the world yeah it's it's wild and it's and you know it is because of these fans that are campaigning for me and like look really support me um but yeah with the, with the uk i think it's just like it's a weird relationship because outside of the uk they don't know about my past or like x factor yeah different context like it's just i'm seen as the voice or whatever the songwriter and so it's weird like because there's only a couple of british artists that are higher than me on that list yeah yeah i don't really get the same you don't feel it in the uk i don't feel the love as much and, and that, that's okay that's fine you know i don't you know i've got plenty of great things in my in, in my life and there's you know there's so many up-and-coming artists i'd rather they got the the shine definitely oh, yeah. talking about the fans they they feel like oh why don't you give him yeah his flowers i suppose yeah. it's so interesting they, that isn't it it's yeah. just context yeah exactly yeah it's context and it's like unforgiving, man. Like, mm. you know, some places unforgiving, whether it's America, the UK, wherever. Yeah. Yeah, I do feel that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like I do, I, like straight up, I'm just scared of saying some shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, or the past getting dug up. I think the new generation's getting a bit more understanding and like, fine and like understands nuance and context and i mean there is there is obviously like it's, it feels a bit split there's like the cancel culture and then there's those people who are like well multiple things can be true and we don't have to see everything in black and white my sister's age groups it feels like they get it like 2021 20, serious a little bit yeah. i love to meet them yeah they're cool people though they sound chill so yeah so that's interesting so you went through that came out though with like a really ardent fan base but still that doesn't necessarily i mean a fan base can't cure you or, or make you feel more stable you have been outspoken about mental health we've actually collaborated before yeah, on a mental health project mm -hmm. so yeah I, I guess explain what that means to you and uh how you how you feeling now well i mean the thing with mental health for me is like i just i just had a really bad time i yeah. just like went through i think from a from a young age being like an adhd kid like i always felt a bit weird and a bit out of place and didn't fit in and things like that yeah but like anxiety was something i guess i could always escape from in my old life who i was before having all these expectations and people kind of, you know, pressure and stuff. Yeah, of course. When I got on the X Factor, I started to experience like full-blown panic attacks where I was convinced I was dying. Yeah, and mate, I've, 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 yeah, I mean, I've spoken about it a million times. You can find me, me waffling on about this in, in various different places. But, you know, ultimately that led to me like just getting to a point of like live or die sort of situation. Yeah. And I chose to live, I chose to fight and, and, and find a way. And talking about it really, you know, ultimately like, you know, is, is the most important thing I do. As someone with a platform or someone that might be able to help some people, I feel a duty to, to be a part of that movement and just talk about mental health as much as possible, really. Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think it's a positive thing to do. Yeah, man. And also, I guess, especially important with young men. Yeah, think. when I did that documentary, uh, the stats of, around men killing themselves. Yeah, pretty wild. It's horrible. And particularly where I'm from, you know, a lot of it was filmed in in the northeast like people are arriving at the gps at crisis point and like therapy is not available to to people here and you know it's which is is a really important thing i think to have is to have like you know someone to talk to
I agree. I mean, you know, this guy's like the guru of... Uh, I'm not a guru. You've been part of this movement. You, you kind of started it in, in some ways. It was a similar thing for me. It was started out from recognizing it musically. I, I started making songs about being sad and that, and then it kind of spiraled from there. I relate to that. In, in the Northeast, yeah. I know the statistics around mental health, right? Yeah. And I actually feel passionate about it. Uh-huh. But do you know what else I feel passionate about? Yeah. Less pasties. Why would you feel passionate about possibly the greatest food? I mean, I'm not convinced that you can stay happy if you're only eating pasties. Well, I'm going to disagree with that because there was a good couple of years where I sustained myself successfully. Did you? Yeah. No, I, but did you though? I didn't look my best, <laughs> but you know, it was a good time. In the context of mental health, nu- nutrition is, yes. is possibly one of the most important pillars in, in getting that right. So I'm with you on the don't eat too many pasties. All right, so chart success. Mm. You've done well in that, haven't you? Yeah, where's my Brit Award? Mr. Raff. How many times have you been nominated? Twice. Well, well, why do you keep saying that you're going to cause havoc? Then it might give you an award. Well, the thing is, is like, I th- feel like it's gone past that point now. Sort of just a bit daft, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So you've had two number one singles, four top 10 albums, four. 120 weeks in a top 40. That is over two years. <laughs> yeah. You've spent over two years in a top 40. Yeah, I have, yeah. Right, so what's your favourite track that you've released? That what just comes to mind, bang? Probably one that didn't do very well, like... Um, oh, well, because it's cool to say that. Yeah, man. Or you went through it, you got a deep yeah, cut. Man, the just... one you chose to push. Yeah. yeah I nice. don't even know what, what gets released. Do they you just, want to name it? They just pick the ballads and just put them out. Probably a song called At My Weakest. Is that happy, that one? No, it's, oh, no. it's At My so, Weakest. Sad as it gets, yeah. yeah. And then with the record labels, you kind of emphasised this before. You were dropped because of the silliness when yeah, you were younger. Yeah. Then you signed to Columbia. I did. And then and then Psycho and then... signed me back as well. And Why? Said, well, Why did I take you back? Well, just because the numbers were just too good, Because you're too powerful. Yeah, man. It's just like, That's crazy. It's like, this guy is... He's gonna you transcended this. idiocy. Yeah, man. Like, I did. I did. <laughs> I trumped... All controversy with numbers. With numbers. Do you know what's funny? Yeah. On your Instagram, you're trying to promote Blindside and you're like, guys, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it doesn't seem like it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's me. I'm dry as a bone, yeah. You, really? Yeah. And tired though. You're knackered because you're a dad now. Yeah. And how old is your daughter? She's eight months old. Oh, so you're knackered. Yeah, man. Oh my God. Yeah. Oi, but like, oi, kids though, you know what are you saying? Good? Yeah, it's life. Kids, kids are the mean the meaning of life. Sorry. Sweet, that was the most you know most poignant. Thing <laughs> and then, tell me more about where's the my Brit award? Job. <laughs> where's my Brit? Let's play a game. Yeah, what? Yeah. Where's your Brit award? Where is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm taking this actually. You're actually not allowed to. Really, I, you that owe. That one's a fake one. Really, you owe me. Do you remember the color of the one you didn't win? <laughs> <laughs> Which one was it? Which one did you get rejected? I don't by? know. Okay, seriously though, no. I'm broody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. So what are we saying? you got a missus, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, so what are we saying? Fatherhood? Good? Get into it, man. It's good. Good? Or you, uh, uh, be honest. Well, I'd, You can't say no, really. You've got a bit of money so you can afford a sleep nanny, which that's is, sweet. that makes everything... Boss, like, man, you're 75th biggest artist in Spotify Yeah, yeah, world. that's what I'm saying. Like, it's good. It's fine because the first six oh, months... Oh, you got a sleep nanny. We had a, the first six months, we had a sleep nanny. So she was sleeping from like seven till seven, which is a dream. Obviously, obviously you have a... Wait, then the sleep nanny or the child? Both of them were sleeping. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, she... I genuinely, I genuinely got lost Yeah, there. actually, we sacked her because all she did was sleep on the job. <laughs> <laughs> just a nanny. <laughs> you imagine, yeah. We, we, we employed a woman to sleep whilst our child was just awake throughout the night. All right, so you got a sleep nanny to help the kids sleep. Yeah, so it's just a tra- It's a thing that it's going to help her later on in life where, you know, she'll be in a bit of a routine. Yeah, right. Um, a lot of people struggle with that. Right. So, yeah, I'm privileged enough that I... 
could could put that in place. You've written a song about your daughter, yeah? I, I've written a couple, yeah. I wrote one called Emily, which is her name. Um, right. I wrote that before she was born. I wrote like, it's like a letter to her in the future. Had you decided on a name yet? I, yeah, I had that name. Because that's a smart move if you wanted to push the name. Yeah, I, yeah, I did. You're like, yeah. babe, I've already written I a said, song. I've written a song, so <laughs> it's kind of like, it's done. I had a name picked out for a while. Okay. So. Any reason for that? I just liked the way it sounded with it. I just, there's a few songs called Emily that I liked. It just felt like a bit of a poetic name and it works with my surname. That's it really, yeah. Not a lot of names work with Arthur. It's, um, it's quite a harsh surname, I think. Harsh surname? Well, it's just like- What about King? That's a good name. That works, yeah. that works. Yeah, I've always thought that could that could have been my artist name. You know what I mean? Mm. No, but Raff Dog. Raff Dog. Raffity Raff Raff. Riff yeah. Raff. Riff MC Raff. no Riff Raff. Raff. Yeah. Come through with the Bliff Blaff. Raffmeister General. Raffmeister General. Yeah, that was another one that I thought it might work, yeah. So you so you picked Emily because you like singing it? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. What a singer songwritery thing to do. Very, very singer songwritery, yeah. You were recently given the Brit Billion Award. Yeah, yeah, they had to give me that one. Um, Billion? Yeah. Billion. Well, how many streams you had total? Total, I've had, I think it's like 14 billion across the whole catalogue, yeah. Do you know how much a billion is? Not really, no. A thousand million. No, I know. Yeah, I know. But it's hard. Raph. Yeah, man. Listen, J Dog. I know. That's ridiculous. I know. I know. It's. it's and you did that fourteen times. Fourteen in the UK. I think it's. It's. I don't know. It might be a couple of billion. Twelve. Um, yeah. Twelve streams in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got the Bill, Brit Billion Award, so it must be a billion, is it? It is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, mate. I mean, listen. Does that mean a lot to you? Genuinely. It does. Yeah. Of course, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Have you got any all-time favorite Brit performances? One that you could, you know, you wish you'd been part of? Yeah, no, I do. I mean, I think probably like the Dave performance, the one that- Oof, the one know, the other, a couple of years the, ago. The, the one, yeah. The, the piano. Black, yeah, that's iconic. Yeah. I actually think that was iconic, yeah. It, yeah, it was It was amazing. And um, probably just growing up in, in the 90s, like the, the Brit pop, like Blur, Oasis. Yeah. Actually, the one that sticks out the most is Jarvis Cocker coming out to the Michael Jackson. What about us? Is that it, what it was? It was, like, it was like proper news, that. You know what that is? That's havoc, bro. That's you were close to having that sort of cultural impact with your trouser thing. Oh, I never got to do that yet. Oh, you didn't do it? I might do it. Okay, I reckon that or the magic trick will get you there. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I went to the Brits was 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, what are your memories of that night? I was sat there seething because Little Mix won. <laughs> I swear to God, you're not allowed to go for my girlfriend, bro. Second, do I go there? So I draw the line, Jimothy. How did you give it to Little Mix? I had the biggest selling song of the year. Wait, what did they win? Single of the year or something. What, in 2017? Yeah. What song did they win? Did Shout they win out with? to my Ooh, ex. Was that hurt? I can show you the one that Jay's got if you want. I'll send you a picture. Yeah, please. Yeah, do that. Yeah, do that. Little Mix also performed that night, as you remember. Incredible they did, they performance. Owned, they did on the night. It was a great performance, yeah. Thank you, they did on the night. They did, they? they did. I don't know why I'm taking credit for that. Yeah. I wasn't even with her then. Yeah, they weren't going to give it to me. Vibes, I, though. I can't dance. You can? No, You I can can't. dance. Do you think? Oh, I was told that. Well, I can throw the odd shape. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> I didn't make that up. I could do the dead fly. Only you would name a dance move dead fly. You're What's gonna... happened to you saying I'm dead? I'm saying that your songs are miserable. Brilliant. Where's my Brit Award, though? <laughs> Yeah. What do you think so good about a Brit Award? All joking aside, like the dream when I was growing up, like, you know, when you think about being a successful singer-songwriter, yeah, it's like getting the number ones and the, and, yeah. and the recognition and, and the, Brit, the Brits meant a lot to me growing up. Like it was, it's an amazing thing to be a part of. You know? Listen, I, I wish you all the best with Blindside, man. Thanks, mate. Genuinely with this new music, yes. you said 
You said, no, I did say this, yeah. In a video, mm. you're aware of the idea that everyone has to go on TikTok and say that this is what they're really excited about. Mm -hmm. But you said you're really, is this the best music you've ever made? Undoubtedly, yeah. It is. Undoubtedly. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's reasons why. It's just been very focused. I've learned a lot from the last two albums, I think. Like my last album was, was a lockdown project. I was dicking around. I was just trying to experiment with, with different sounds as, as you do, as you know, you know. Um, and, um, I think when I went out and tried to tour them songs, I realized like I didn't present them and didn't present these songs or serve these songs that I'd written. They were actually quite good songs. Yeah. But I was probably just like, some of the, the choices that I'd made were maybe based on what was happening culturally. Yeah. Or, and um, I just have really served these songs as best as possible and I, and I feel really proud of them. That's it. I'm very happy you feel that way because it's hard to do that. Sorry. I'm very happy that you're making the best music of your life and that you feel that way and that you're seem so enthusiastic about it. <laughs> no, 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 but for real, I am super happy for you Thanks. and uh, best of luck with fatherhood. Thank you, James Arthur, everybody. You're telling me that that wasn't interesting. No, that was good. Where, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, though, where's my Brit Award? <laughs> You've been listening to The Red Carpet Treatment, brought to you by The Brit Awards with Mastercards. Follow The Red Carpet Treatment now on Apple or Spotify, and why not leave us a review? Five stars. Coming up next week on The Red Carpet Treatment is Mimi Webb. Your fans, do they have a name? I actually don't have a name. I mean, I could go Webster's. Like the dictionary? Yeah. Oh, angels, I think I always call Mimi's people angels. angels. Mimi's angels? Mimi's angels. Has that been taken though? Charlie did, Charlie had some. Oh, really? Yeah, Charlie had some angels, but I mean, that's oh. he wasn't even making music. Who? Charlie who? Ch Charlie. There's a film called Charlie's Angels. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, there is, sorry. I forgot, I love Charlie's Angels. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this podcast, you can find support services and resources in our show notes.